All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live. It's February. It's Wednesday, February 1st. I'm here with Stephen Ellis, our prospect. And only six games on the NHL slate this week. Some some exciting ones. Three last night, two went to overtime. But Stephen, are you getting some extra time in to watch your obscure versions of hockey right now so you say that because the division three world juniors end tomorrow and uh, australia is already in the final we're going to find out today if it's either turkey or israel moving on but uh you know it's not been the greatest tournament we've seen some 20 goal games uh close to some 30 goal games but uh you know it's just the nature of division three world juniors i guess i expect nothing less from you than to be plugged into those games but there are still some nhl games to talk about despite the small slate some some drama some storylines so let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock steven and let's start with the ottawa senators a little bit of momentum in the atlantic division they get two straight wins over the montreal canadians they have four straight overall five and two now in their past seven so i'm starting i think for the first time since maybe the summer to peek at the division and wonder if the Ottawa Senators have a chance to creep into that wild card race, currently six points out. But of course, if you look, Washington Senators have three games in hand on the Capitals. So there's, there's more than one way into the big dance. So what do you think, Stephen? Is, is this just a little blip, a mini surge, or do the Senators actually have a chance to contend for a playoff spot? I do think it's still a bit of a mini surge. Uh, obviously, statistically, they still got a shot. But um, the good thing for them going forward is they've got this time off right now to recharge like everyone. But then they also have 
a pretty decent schedule coming up with a lot of teams they can go out there and be and look like looking at Columbus, looking at Montreal. Uh, they got Washington on the schedule, and that's one that'll be interesting. So the Senators, you definitely can't count them out. And obviously, you're getting some great performances from from Kachuk and Stutzel and everything. My biggest concern there still is the goaltending. Cam Talbot has not lived up to expectations this year. Anton Forsberg's been able to to steal a couple games from there, but I'm not convinced that goaltending is good enough to take them to the playoffs. So while I I was one of the few that probably believed they had a good chance of making it this year. Um, losing Josh Norris obviously didn't help. Uh, and, and let's be fair, they went out and beat the Laval Rocket last night. They didn't go out there and beat like an NHL caliber team. Uh, so, but that's that's just one game. They went out there and beat the Leafs and they went out there and had a good stretch, obviously. But I think this is more of just a, a mid-season nice little run more than a team really showing true, true promise this season. I think you're mostly right. I, I wouldn't say I'm a believer quite yet, but I am intrigued. If you look at the possession numbers, there are some encouraging signs. The Senators, they're a top five team in terms of chance generation, play driving at five on five, and they're near the bottom of the league in shooting percentage. They've actually been unlucky. So there should be some more goals coming. And you do have Anton Forsberg getting hot, maybe staking his claim to that job. Of course, Cam Talbot being a trade candidate as we get closer to March 3rd. But I'm still thinking this team isn't quite good enough defensively. Of course, they miss Artem Zub. They're near the bottom half, or they're in the bottom half of the NHL 5-on-5 at expected goals against per 60. So I think they're settling in to being the team that I thought they were going into the season. This is an 85-90 to 90 point team that is pretty exciting on offense. You saw that number up there, those stats, number two power play in the league. But this is still a bubble team. They're a work in progress. They have a lot of progress to make on the defensive side of the puck. So I'm thinking they're going to hang around this bubble, be competitive, have some exciting games, but ultimately miss the playoffs. And that, that's exactly what I would have said about them going into the season. So I think this is just a course correction to the mediocre version we expected to see, or at least I expected to see. So speaking of mediocrity, Stephen, I don't know if that's even the right word to describe the Los Angeles Kings goaltending at the moment. Phoenix Copley had a little surge as his 30-year-old journeyman last month, the month before. He allows five goals in a defeat last night to the Carolina Hurricanes. He's turning back into a pumpkin. That save percentage is down to 897. Jonathan Quick, 881. Cal Peterson demoted to the AHL, 868. So I'm asking you, Stephen, for a team that's tied at the top of the Pacific Division, is it time for GM Rob Blake to shop for a goaltender? Absolutely. It should not be that the guy that you kind of signed, like when, when Copa got signed, he was not even the main focus of the press release that went out for, for that signing. So you could show how low it really was. And he was great in the AHL the last couple of years. The fact he's having a 15, three and one record is great, but obviously you go there and look at the stats and he's, he's allowing a lot more goals than he should be. Um, Granted, you know, that's not all his fault. You look at all the goalies. They've all really been poor this year, which could show you maybe there's a defensive issue, but when it comes to that, they have to go out there and look for someone. I'm not sure who the answer is for that because it doesn't seem like a super strong goalie market. But this is one where they really banked on Cal Peterson being the guy in the long run. And, and he did not. I think that was the most disappointing thing. Like you expect Jonathan Quick to start to fall off. But you don't expect your third goalie to come in and be your best goalie. And when that's the situation, it's good if you're winning games. But if you're if you're allowing a lot of goals along the way, that's a little concerning. So, yeah, they got to do something. I'm not sure who that is, but this is something where you can't rely on on the guys they got right now. Okay, well, Stephen, the good news is I have some ideas, okay? I'm here to help. Uh, and I think you have to be very aggressive if you're Rob Blake right now. You're still at the top, battling at the top of that division, even though you have four of your top nine forwards currently injured. That's Gabe Velarde, Trevor Moore, Arthur Kaliev, and Carl Grundstrom. The fact that you're still in there, it's a testament to how good this team is and can be. 
Uh, and they're sixth in expected goals against per 60. That shows they're a good defensive team. 30th in save percentage. The goaltending, if it was even average right now, they'd be running away with this division. So if you're looking at sort of stopgap assets, I think James Reimer, that's an easy move for him and his family as well. You're already in California. Uh, Cam Talbot, I think in terms of rental goaltenders is probably the best if he's going to be healthy enough. But maybe you got to take a bigger swing than that if you're Rob Blake. We've already heard it reported this week. That's your Demko. That's a California boy. He has three years left at $5 million. That's a very reasonable number. There's been whispers that he doesn't love playing in the pressure of Vancouver market. Market. And having met Demko a few times, he's a pretty laid back dude. He reminds me of the big Lebowski, Jeff Lebowski. He's just got that, that California aura, man. And he finishes a lot of his sentences that way, man. I think that just in terms of personality, the Kings are a great fit for him. It would be a great place for him to get his head on straight. And I think if he's healthy, of course, he's still out right now, but expected to be back well before the trade deadline. That could be a difference maker, not just this season for the LA Kings, but for years to come. And we know they have the assets to offer. They have that great farm system. So they could they could easily put together a package that could get you Thatcher Demko, in my opinion, if the Canucks are indeed selling off some more pieces. Uh, Steven, now let's talk, actually, we're going to stay with the Canucks. They've just sort of been the talk of the week. And of course, the next wave, we're going to talk about Atu Ratu, their new prospect who came over as part of the Bo Horvat blockbuster. And we know enough about Anthony Beauvillier. We know that first round pick, top 12 protected, is exciting if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan. But tell us what they're getting in Atu Ratu and what's the ceiling there? I think the ceiling's high for Ratu. And this is a guy that if you don't know a lot about him, um, heading into his draft year, I'd say maybe 2019 or 2020, uh, he was looking at the guy who was like the top prospect for the 2021 draft. And he was putting up some great numbers as a young player playing in the Finnish men's league and the U20 league at a young age. But getting to the draft year, he had an awful season. He didn't look comfortable. And there were stories coming out that he was losing the joy of playing hockey, which is not good for a draft stock. But ever since, he's been on an absolute tear. He had a, a, almost a point per game last year after he switched teams in the Finnish league. Uh, it's gone to the AHL this year and has looked really good too. Uh, I think for them, it's a long-term situation here where you're looking at it and he's probably not going to be an impact player next year and it might be two years away, but if the Canucks are going to be committed to this full long rebuild, he could be a central piece because by the time that he's really, or the team is starting to really move forward, he could be 23, 24 years old. So he'll be a little older than some of the guys they're bringing in in the next couple of drafts. So, I like that he's going and playing Abbotsford. I like that he's got a chance to play with guys like Hoglander, to play with guys like Pod Colson, and they got some pretty good veteran pieces there. But in terms of what he brings to the table, he's got an excellent shot. Uh, he's a very smart player. He seems to find open lanes really well. I think the biggest concern is his skating. He's That hasn't really slowed him down, funny enough, uh, in, in kind of everywhere he's played. But I, I do con get concerned about what it's going to be like when he gets to the NHL, where it's faster and stronger, and how he's going to handle that up. But, you know, he's a skilled player. He's got some decent size at 6'2", and he, he thinks the game really well and he's got a really good shot. So he's probably not a first-line player, but he'll be a very good second-line player, in my opinion. It's interesting, Stephen. You know, I, I sometimes look at a prospect. Obviously, I haven't seen him the way for this skill set, this intelligence, and this ability to get your nose dirty it's a lot easier to break into the NHL because you can you can make the lineup as a bottom sixer. It's not like he's this offensive dynamo who has to play in the top six and on the power play to be effective. So I am wondering if he gets a chance sooner than people realize. He's got that entry-level contract. That would be extremely helpful for the Canucks if they can get him making contributions in that lineup on that ELC, which has two more years to go. 
very important, I think. And if you look at the small sample size with the Islanders this year, we talked about it on Puck Pooley's the fantasy podcast. He was generating a lot of shots and he was dishing out a lot of hits and just showing sort of a bit of a hard-nosed element to his play along mm -hmm. with the intelligence. And I'm wondering, as I said on Puck Pooley's, if the ceiling is kind of like a, a Joel eriksson type of player. So we'll see. If you want to learn more about Aturati, that's on dailyfaceoff.com, a great profile from Steven. So let's shift gears now, Stephen. Later today on dailyfaceoff.com, we're going to have our trade deadline countdown continuing with Frank Cervelli. He's going to be writing about Jesse Pugliarvi today. And of course, we know if you're an Oilers fan, this is about the most polarizing player in a generation. The debates between fans and media, analytics people and media, on and on about whether he's a good player or not. He's been much maligned. But Frank is going to mention the possibility of a change of scenery for him. And the potential fits could be the Chicago Blackhawks, St. Louis Blues, Florida Panthers. So which of those teams do you think is the most intriguing fit? I, I think for me, Florida, for the fact that they've got some guys that I think he'll, he'll have some quality line mates. But the one that I want to circle in on is the Chicago Blackhawks there. And that's one where this team's in a full rebuild. They got a very good shot at Connor Bedard. And, you know, it, we can't use the Pugliarvi hasn't played with good teammates thing because he's had Connor McDavid and Lynn Dreisaitl, among others, uh, to play with at points. But I think if you go to Chicago, he can become a leader. But it's kind of a, we aren't going to win for a while, so let's just kind of settle in and let's give you these opportunities. If you make mistakes, if things fall apart, we're not going to punish you for that. And that, that's a different situation when you're on a team like, like a contender or if you're the Panthers, a team that's trying to make the playoffs, where if you have a couple bad games, you might be punished for that. I think if you send him to Chicago, he's got a shot uh, to play in the top six. And I know Patrick Kane is definitely one of the guys that you're looking at as a potential uh, trade target there. But one that I'd be interested to see is if they are able to convince him to stay and bring him on for a bit of a cheaper contract the next couple of years for the shot to play with Connor Bedard. Or because if he could be that piece that's working with him, or if it's Fantilli, or if it's Leo Carlson, I think that Kane could be a really good mentor there. But I also think he'd be a good mentor for Pugliarvi and, and a guy that, you know, he's got a lot of skill and we know what he could do. It's just not working out to Edmonton. He needs to be out of the lineup. It can't be every time he gets in the game, he's worried about making one mistake and he's falling down the lineup again or he's a healthy scratch. So I like Chicago. That takes the pressure off of him. He'll get some good ice time. Uh, and I think that's kind of where he should go. Okay, it's interesting. It's always more fun if we don't perfectly agree on the show. And I don't love the fit for Chicago because I, I do think we're going to see no more Jonathan Taves, no more Patrick Kane. There's just so much of a losing culture there that I don't know if it's going to help Pugliarvi, even if he's playing more minutes. He might just be getting caved in out there. I think if you're trying to revive his career, you're trying to turn him into Valerie Nachushkin because we know Pugliarvi, his defensive metrics are always good. The ice always tilts in his favor when he's on the ice. He's that first round prospect who just can't score. And that's sort of what happened to Valerie Nachushkin eventually the offense came back when he got the confidence so I like the idea of the Panthers trying to turn him into that type of player and there's some in interesting chemistry potential with Alexander Barkov Anton Lundell a couple of Finns and Barkov just his overall intelligence and habits there's there are a few better players to learn from in the league so I'd be very intrigued to see that fit as a Florida Panther a team that's sort of in the transition kind of walking the line between contender and pretender. Okay, Stephen, it's time now for the number crunch. We're bringing in Cam Geron to discuss some interesting numbers. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. Sorry, my connection was lost there for a second. It's time for the Number Crunch brought to you by Montana's. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show former Toronto Maple Leafs analyst Cam Chiron. Cam, it's nice to meet you. I'm sort of a longtime listener and first-time interviewer, so it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, except for the fact that uh, I've lost my voice, so uh, we'll try and uh, roll through this in the next five minutes here, and then I'll have a big sip of water. Okay, we'll go easy on you, Cam. I appreciate it. Uh, of course, we got to talk about the Bo Horvat trade, and I'd love to get your perspective on it. There are so many different angles you can approach it from, but what do you think he brings to the New York Islanders right now as an acquisition? Well, the first thing that came to mind when Bo Horvat went to the Islanders is why does this make sense for them? And uh, you had a nice piece on Daily Faceoff on on why uh, on why it, it might have been the right, the right move at the wrong time for the Islanders. And uh, just to give a good uh, example of why that is, the Islanders are a very good five on five team. They're a very good penalty killing team. The problem is that their power play has been very, very bad. It's been, uh, I think, second worst in the league uh, this season. And just relative to Eastern Conference teams, I use Eastern Conference, not uh, overall teams, because the Eastern Conference is just so much better. But you just look at the gap uh, between the Islanders and the rest of the bubble teams in the East uh, for the, you know, fighting for that wild card spot. They're just a much better five-on-five team. Their, uh, their penalty kill's been good up with Washington. Their power play is just so bad, and it's really... I, do, I don't really know – well, I do know why because I, I took a little look at it. Um, it, it doesn't really make sense with uh, with the pieces that they have. Anders Lee is a very strong net front guy. Matt Barzal is a very strong playmaker. And Noah Dobson is a very uh, is very good uh, power play quarterback at the point. One problem that they had, though, is that Brock Nelson's shooting has just completely fallen off uh, this year, as has Anders Lee's. So we're – what – so a problem that, that they've had is they're kind of taking a lot more shots from players that aren't really as good at taking shots. They have the most shots per 60 from defensemen than any other team in the league this year. Uh, the 26% of their shots on the power play come from defense. That's the fifth most. So it's a lot of perimeter efforts. One thing that Bo Horvat does is he's very good at getting open in the slot. He's very good at getting at uh, not just creating shots in the middle for himself, 
uh, creating lane or creating a passing lane for himself uh, for a shot, but also at drawing defenders toward him and opening up that net front. And hopefully that if we can get Matt Barzell onto the uh, onto the left flank, so kind of his shooter side. Nelson on the right flank, he's a left shot, so his shooter side. We can see Barzell just kind of set up uh, Horvat, who's good and who's very good in the bumper spot, incredibly good for Vancouver for so many years, and also open up that seam pass for Nelson and Lee in front of the net. So that's the thing that's really coming to mind. I, you know, does this make New York a playoff team? They have a lot of good things for them going forward if this move can help the power play sure that's one thing now is being a playoff team is you know selling the future to become a playoff team what they need well that's a second question uh, altogether and one that i'm not very qualified to answer and the thing that of course benefits them is they still have three games left against the penguins they still have three games left against the capitals they still have two games left against the sabers so they're you know they're very much in control of their own destiny despite the recent losing streak they're not completely out of it they're a team to watch and i like that they made this move early it's definitely going to make the Eastern Conference playoff race interesting. We haven't seen that in a while. So you're not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but do you feel like this is kind of a reach by Lou? Well, you know, I've like I worked under Lou for three years. Uh, I he was he's kind of a surprising person. Uh, he he makes moves that you don't really expect, and 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 sometimes they do wind up working out. I thought. Uh, in our situation, that it was too early to swing on a goaltender uh, when he went and traded for Frederick Anderson from the Maple Leafs, and that turned out to be the right move at the right time. So it's it's really interesting. Like he, the way the way he works is uh, it's it's not uh, it's not oh wow I'm I'm bad at thinking of words right now, but it's not like uh, it's not very conventional thinking, um, despite you know how long he's been in the game for. So you know he is going to take a few wild swings that 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 sometimes do work out for him, and this is a very interesting one because it does, at the very least, make his team better, and it fills a very very necessary need for him uh, going forward to the end of the year. Now, whether he sees this team as being an actual contender is, you know, that that that's a question for for his coaching staff and his analysts and everything else. But, you know, for him, maybe this is the, just the time to put in a move. We don't really have a good future going – we don't really have a good future. We don't have a lot of, of uh, prospects. We don't have a lot of draft picks. Let's just put chips all in. Maybe we'll win a couple rounds, catch lightning in a bottle, get a hot goalie. We You know, we have one of the top goalies in the NHL. You know, it's kind of an anything can happen. And I think that just how good they are defensively, how good they are five on five, how good their penalty kill is, they could be a tough out in the playoffs if they're able to make it. So, you know, nothing's completely off the table here. I don't think that they're good enough yet, but I think that this is a team that's close, that's made themselves a lot better, and you know you can see in the uh, in the future that they're going to have Barzell and Horvat uh, one two down the middle if they can re-sign Ho Horvat before the offseason. Cam, before I let you go, I want to spare that voice, but I want to ask you just very quickly: Are, are you a believer in Jesse Puliyarvi in general? Yay or nay? Uh, Oh, if you'd asked me four months ago, I would have said yay, but just this, I, I just don't know if the offense is there for me. I love those kind of speedy puck hounds that get the puck and uh, on dump ins and throw them in front of, you know, get the puck to the front of the net. 
I just don't know if his teammates here trust him enough. They don't really set him up anymore. He he just doesn't finish wonderful passes on for McDavid. Just learn, you know, the reason why they don't play with each other anymore, despite how good he was uh, on McDavid's line and, and previously, like he his points weren't great, but McDavid scored more goals at five on five uh, with Pugliarvi on the line than not. And I just think that the fit isn't really working in Edmonton anymore. He's kind of, you know, he's moved down the lineup. And I think it's just kind of time for him to take a to to make a change and find new players, new new teammates that uh, trust him a little more, or another team that can use his talents a little bit better. Okay, thanks, Cam. I appreciate the insight, my friend. Keep up the great work. And this segment, of course, is brought to you by our friends at Montana's today's daily special: all you can eat ribs. I want those right now. I am hungry. For the full lineup, you can head to montanas.ca. We also have a bonus this week. If you head over to our Instagram or Twitter, you can win a $25 gift card. Thank you for that, Montanas. I hope I'm eligible. Maybe I'll take a shot at it too. Thanks. Okay, Stephen, it's time for the DFO inbox question. And I love this one. I cannot take credit for it. Our buddy, Nick Alberga, of course, you're familiar with him as part of the Nation Network, had a great tweet referring to the trade that went down in the NFL yesterday, a hilarious trade, the Denver Broncos giving up a first round pick and a second round pick. So Nick asks, what NHL coach would you give up a first round pick for? So Stephen, who do you have? Who's worthy of that pick? This one's easy. First name that comes to mind is John Cooper. You know, there's a people will say when you've got the best team, it sh should be easy, but someone's still got to be able to lead the ship. And this is a team that has made the final three years in a row. And they've done it when it doesn't matter who they kind of lose. They keep bringing in some new guys. He's getting a lot out of guys you wouldn't expect, these depth guys. And, you know, the even against the Toronto Maple Leafs last year, we look at that first round matchup where the Leafs least look like the better team for that first half. He was able to get that group to calm down and they ended up winning. So for me, that's an easy one, John Cooper. I like the pick. My heart would say John Cooper just because he's such an entertaining person to have around. My head says maybe Mike Sullivan, given what he's able to yes. do every year with an always injured lineup. But my official pick, I'm going to go rob the bod, Brendan Moore, because I don't think there's any coach that does a better job imprinting his own personality and style onto his troops. The players are always ready to go through a wall for Rod Brendan Moore, and it just feels like he can instill that culture anywhere he goes. He can take any team and sort of elevate it that way. So he is worth my first round pick if I have to surrender one as part of this exercise. Okay, Stephen, and I'll that's add to time that. now. I'll add to that. What, I'll add to that. We look at it, and a lot of times you'll see the best like quality hockey players don't end up becoming good coaches. This is a guy that's been kind of, so many people will say he should be in the Hall of Fame. And you look at him and he's one of the best coaches in the league. And this is a guy that just seems, he always worked so hard. He understand, stood every element of the game and a great thinker. And there's a reason why he's been successful already. That's right. He makes the team in his own image. Okay. That brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Let's bring on Tyler Uremchuk. Small slate last night, but how'd you do my friend? Small slate last night, we managed to get a split out of it. So looking to uh, do a little bit more damage here. I'm getting a little itchy with the All-Star break coming. I know there's not very many more days to bet on hockey before we get a break. So let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Another two-game slate, and I got a couple of plays for each of them. Yesterday, there were a lot of overs. And Nick Alberga even sent out a tweet saying he's loving the pre-bye week, pre-All-Star break overs. Teams, guys, These guys are focused on the beach. They're not focused on hockey. So you know what we're going to do? 
We're taking both these overs tonight. For the Leafs and Bruins, it's two top 10 offenses. I know Austin Matthews isn't playing for Toronto, but with this number being down at five and a half, this could very easily be a 4-2 game on either side. So I like taking the over there. Carolina-Buffalo. Buffalo's been scoring a ton. I don't trust their goaltending. Carolina's in the second of back-to-backs. I think there could be a ton of goals here as well with Ranta going for the Canes. So two overs and two shot props for you. I like Alex Tuck on Buffalo. It's paying just a little into the plus money area, but he's hit this thing in four of his last five. And same thing with Taylor Hall of the Boston Bruins. He's crushed his shot prop. It's set at two and a half, just like Tuck's. He's crushed it in four of his last five. You're getting it at plus 115. Two easy plus money shot props for me there to go along with a couple of overs, Matt. Okay, I like it. I like the all-out offense mentality just before that all-star break. Makes a lot of sense to me. And Stephen, we're going to finish off today's episode with a little bit of garbage time. I know we've been talking a lot about the Borjovat trade, but hey, there's only six games on the schedule. It's okay to dwell on the biggest move, the biggest story of the entire week. And I want to contradict myself here, okay? Earlier this week, I gave the Islanders a D plus on this trade because, as has been said on this show, I don't, I don't think Bo Horvat fits where the organization is in terms of long-term trajectory. That said, now that they have him, they have him. They are going to get better with him in the lineup. And if they do squeak into the playoffs, I think they're going to be kind of a tough out. And if you're the Boston Bruins, I don't think you want the Islanders to be your reward for winning the President's Trophy, if the Islanders can get in, because you have Ilya Sorokin who can steal a series. This team is now extremely deep up the middle with Bo Horvat, Barzal, Brock Nelson, Jean Gabriel Pajot, Casey Sezikis. You have a strong Ryan Pulak, if they're all healthy. And this is a physical team as well. So I'm not optimistic about the Islanders' long-term prospects, but if you get in, this is a team that actually has spoiler and maybe upset potential. Do you agree? I do agree, and I definitely did not agree with your assessment on it, and I told you that, right? I felt like the Islanders did a lot better than you maybe give them credit for, and, uh, and part of that is, I think, going out there and acquiring the guy that publicly has been kind of viewed as the top trade target, I think that that sends a message to the team. It says, like, we're serious about this. Like, this is, we are still trying to go forward, and who knows? Maybe they try to make some other moves to make this team better, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of their goaltending, Emilia Sorokin. It'd be interesting to see if they move Varlamov to bring in some extra pieces, but uh, if you know, I still believe in this team. I think they play very hard. When you look at the Islanders, when we expect them to do well, they don't do well. When you expect them to get eliminated early in the playoffs, they surprise everybody. So for me, I would not want to play the Islanders and going out there and making a big statement like getting Horvat this early in the trade season. I think that sends a statement to the rest of the team. Well said. And you're right about the unpredictability. Basically, anything I've said about the New York Islanders in the last five <laughs> years, the opposite is true. So literally everything I say is wrong. I can never figure out this team, but that's what makes them an interesting team to talk about. Well, Stephen, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for coming on. Of course, thank you to Ken Chiron. Thank you to Tyler Remchuk and our head of production, Alex Allard. And the NHL slate will pause tomorrow, but we will still be raging on. Daily Faceoff Live will have Frank Cervalli, Tyler Remchuk live in Florida. All-star coverage. It'll continue. So make sure you watch. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.